0: we back for another episode of Too Many Men. Tony Picanich, Zach Riley, Tyler Dyes, Tom Picknick. Uh, We have the Super Bowl to get to. We'll start talking about that. We have some trade noise in the NBA. But I want to start in the National Hockey League. There's a few things that happened today. Uh, Boston Bruins forward Brad Marchand suspended six games for clipping goaltender Tristan Jari with his stick. NHL deemed it intent to injure, so he has been suspended six games. Um, The Montreal Canadiens Firing head coach uh, Dominic Ducharme After a 7-1 loss to the New Jersey Devils Last night And he will be replaced with Tampa Bay Lightning legend Marty St. Louis Which is very interesting Because he goes from coaching his son's Pee Wee hockey team To literally coaching The most storied franchise in hockey First coaching gig At the professional level Just an absolutely insane jump Good for him, and then we have goaltender Tuka Rask retiring after I think it's 14 or 15 NHL seasons. Tried to come back with Boston this year, his body hindered him, and he will not be resuming his comeback.
1: How how many games did he play this year? Yeah,
0: two or three. Oh, why? How many?
1: I, I just I'm curious was, as to where you wanted to go with that. I, I was just wondering because uh, he was obviously trying to come back for the whole year. I wanted to see how many games it took for the no, game. he wasn't. He didn't sign a contract till January. Oh,
0: like he was practicing with the team the whole year and then said, Okay, nah, I'm ready. He played four games, he went two and two, but uh, I it, it seemed like a situation where. Boston outside of Tuka Rask has very two has two very capable goaltenders in Jeremy Swayman and uh, was it Tom is it Linus Olmark is the other one in Boston. Yeah. yeah. And when they put Swayman down in the AHL and for Tuka Rask and Rask struggle, they probably approached him and was like, "Hey, we can't we we can't just have a passenger on the roster in the backup goalie position, you know? So we'd probably put you on waivers, but we're gonna do. You want to retire? Because he never really expressed any interest to play anywhere else. So, he's able to retire with the Boston Bruins. Uh, a trade yesterday in the NBA that kind of that stunned people. It was two teams that were expected to make moves, but the Sacramento Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton to the – along with us, buddy Heald was involved, he was expected to get traded to the Indiana Pacers for Domatas Sabonis and some other pieces, but the Sacramento Kings do not hit on draft picks often. Tyrese Halliburton, one of the, like, three draft picks they've hit on in the past 15 years, God. and they just up and trade him for Sabonis for – like, come on. Like, you wonder why teams – like the Sacramento Kings stay in the basement of the National Basketball Association for so long, it's trades like this. Let me see if I can find the full trade, but, I mean, the Kings were expected to be active. You know, you got De'Aaron Fox, who's upset with how things are going in Sacramento, rightfully so. He's been there so long they haven't done anything. Uh was it, Marvin Badgley, he's been upset with the way things are going. Everybody's just, like, tensions are rising in Sacramento because it's not an easy place to play when you're not winning. Damn and then they go around and, and – what was that? They
1: haven't been winning for a while. No,
0: they have the longest postseason drought in basketball. Oh. And they go out and trade 21 year old Tyrese Halliburton. Like, what?
1: Piece that you could have built around. Yeah. You think.
0: It just, it's a six player trade. And I know Buddy Heald was involved in, you know, Heald's name has come up in trade talks a lot, especially when Sacramento was interested in, uh, Ben Simmons, they were pushing hard for him. We have a little bit of news on the Ben Simmons front here as we go. Uh, The Pacers traded Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holliday, Domitas Sabonis, and a 2023 second-round pick for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Wow. I, I just don't... Trading Halliburton is something nobody expected. Nobody was even talking about Halliburton. For a team that constantly is trying to reshuffle pieces to make something work like the sacramento kings it it seemed like halliburton could have been a pillar for them going forward but now if you're indiana you can't like sabonis is a great player domita sabonis is a very good player but when it comes to building a team around him he doesn't have that level of play in him and halliburton's still very young at 21 years old you can't say no to that deal you would think a piece like Sabonis would be acquired by somebody looking to win a championship now, but no, it's a Kings team that just seems to be forever rebuilding. It doesn't make any sense. The fan base is pissed.
1: Yeah, oh, I would be. I mean, like, they're like the Jets of the the West.
0: Sacramento Kings Reddit yesterday was just a cesspool. Oh god. One of the best ones was some thread. Some guys, like, we as fans need to do something. There's nothing you can do. No, you can change teams. That's about it.
1: You can change the owner. Petition. I think
0: th- the only way that franchise is going to find any kind of they got to relocate. <laughs> Nobody wants to play in Sacramento. Yeah. They're, their front office is California. a mess. What was
1: that? I said it's still California. It ain't terrible.
0: Yeah, but it's not California. Like it's California, but it's not like, yeah, it's not LA, it's not, it's, you know, it's not San Francisco. True, it's
1: Sacramento, it's not a coastal city, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, as a 21 year old, Tyrese Halliburton averaging 14 a game, seven and a half assists. Good numbers for a 21 year old.
1: He's really, it, it
0: doesn't make any sense. The 12th overall pick, and 2020
1: damn just a two years ago and they're trading this guy yeah it's not it sounds like they're stupid at this point
0: point. and it's like you could have traded Halliburton to a team that's really rebuilding like the Thunder or something like the Pacers even you should be able to get a first round pick at least for Tyrese Halliburton you didn't do that
1: and Thunder has unlimited first round picks so yeah Easily could have gotten one or two of them from him.
0: Like, if you're even Indiana and you look at the draft, are you going to get a player as good as Tyrese Halliburton with your first-round pick? No. No, so it's like you'd be willing to give that up for a young player like that. And Sacramento didn't even get that. Nope. So the fact the Pacers get to keep Halliburton and they have their first, is crazy.
1: I'm kind of happy uh, the Nets decided not to pursue Simmons.
0: Yeah, it, it, there's conflicting rumors about that today. Uh, the initial talk was the Nets have no interest on trading James Harden within the division,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the Sixers, looking at the situation, the belief is that James Harden will not resign with Brooklyn in the offseason, so if you're the Sixers, why dedicate assets to getting him to Philadelphia if when yet. you could just get him for free in the offseason? True. Not for free, like asset-wise. Yeah you, don't, yeah,
1: you don't have to give anybody up.
0: Uh, but apparently, James Harden has been very vocal within the Nets organization, not really outward in press conferences on getting out of Brooklyn. Um, you think but- win a
1: championship that changes things or no?
0: No. Yeah.
1: Um. Especially with everything, with Kyrie can't even play in. Yeah. Games, I, stuff I like- don't think
0: they can win a championship. But if they I did, I still sure. st- I still think he'd probably leave. Um. You know, if the Nets, if you're at this point and you're like, hey, we're not going to be able to resign James Harden, he will not resign here. Mm -hmm. Then you could, there's one or two options at that point. You go for broke and try to win his championship this year, or you trade him. You could probably get some pretty good assets. I mean, I know they had their eyes set on Ben Simmons for a while, but they really do not want to trade James Harden within a division. Nope. I mean, you trade him to, like, Sabonis would have been good, you know, complimentary piece on the Nets, but no. Um, uh, you trade him to somebody who just is looking for a rental at the deadline, and maybe recoup a a third option, maybe not under contract for next season or anything, but somebody you could fill in the rest of the year, still give your team a chance to win in the playoffs, and then, you know, find a third piece of the big three next year. Because, I, I mean – with the whole vaccination status and Kyrie Irving, it, it seems increasingly likely that they'll cut ties with him in the offseason. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover within that division or within that organization. And
1: it's if it's the Sixers – I'm sure it's not what Harden expected when he signed here. Two years I'm sure before. it's
0: not what any of the three of them expected. It's true. But if you look at the way the division could be shaping up you know, past this season – If the Sixers are the front-runner for James Harden, and it seems like they are past this season, if you're the Nets, how are you going to compete with Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris? They wouldn't have to give up any of those players to get Harden on the roster. Uh, It's tough.
1: You can't. And you still got to worry about uh, Giannis and uh, the Bucs.
0: Yeah. Your best-case scenario, I mean, if you want to win with – KD and Kyrie, you gotta trade hard and out west or hold on to them and lose them and risk losing them this summer. If you trade hard and out west, you get a player who can play and you don't have to face them in the playoffs until that last round. Then you take a seven game series and hopefully you can you know best them. But I, I just don't see it. Things are not good right now in Brooklyn. Did you Oops. see last night they were down 28 to 2? I
1: did see in that in the first quarter. That's a tough look.
0: They ended I'm up making that. it somewhat respectable. When it comes to the final score, I mean, KD didn't play. Kyrie didn't play. It was at home. So Kyrie yeah. can't play. Harden didn't play or anything like that. Harden has been nursing, I think, a hand injury over the past couple days. They lost 126 to 91. The fact that they put up 91 points after having two points in the first, a little over halfway through the first quarter is, I mean, it's something still not great. The
1: total score in the first quarter. We're looking
0: up. I think it was only because I put the game on. They rattled a couple off the rim, then they went on a little run. So they finished with 16 in the first quarter, uh, which isn't – I mean, definitely not good, but considering how you started, yes. you, you got to take that. Yeah. Um,
1: 35 to 16, though, no, not good. Not,
0: not what you're looking for. There's very little defense played again. They were outscored
1: know, every quarter except for the third, too.
0: Yeah. Again, no Harden, no KD, no Kyrie, the whole big three out. Yeah. It's, a,
1: it's an tough. interesting
0: scenario. Those I don't three. think they can win nah. fully healthy. Like Kyrie playing, they all seven games. I think they have a shot, but I still think the Bucks
1: edge them. He won't be able to play all seven games. No, but let's
0: just say hypothetically he can. Yeah, I still think Milwaukee is definitely the favorite in the series between the two, easily. But,
1: definitely.
2: It's, I mean, you saw it. You saw Kyrie it makes it closer, year. though.
0: You'd agree, Trish, that Kyrie does kind of it makes the gap between those two teams closer.
2: Yes, he definitely does. He's a very good player, but. The fact that you only have him half the time is not going to help you.
0: No, and and, even if you had him full time, like let's say he gets vaccinated and he can play in a playoff series between those two clubs. I still would give the edge to Milwaukee.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: Because Giannis, I mean, look what Giannis did. And I know the Lakers are in a terrible, terrible slump right now. Russell Westbrook is just laying bricks all over the place. But look what Giannis did to LeBron and he made AD look like a fool last night. Anthony Davis, a very good player. But it, and it was a matchup a lot, Giannis on A.D. And he was just making him look bad the entire game. But I I in the Eastern Conference, there's there's two teams and there's kind of the rest, and that's not the way you were looking if you were the if you were the Nets this year. I, I think it's still Sixers and Bucks in the Heat are very good, and the Cavs are very good when it comes to depth of your team and your stars. I, I have the Sixers and the Bucks at the top, but man, Brooklyn—they're currently in a play-in spot. A play-in spot.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a, a rapid descent for Brooklyn over the past couple of, really, just like two weeks. They've just gone straight downhill.
0: Yeah, they got that little boost when Kyrie came back.
2: Yeah, and then it didn't make a difference. And then it just all went to shit after that.
0: (laughs) And, you know, a team that if you look at the roster, you would say, hey, this team is definitely buying. For them to be in a situation where even if you buy, it's not going to be enough, that's a tough situation. NBA status are currently eighth. If they got past the play-in, they'd either have to play milwaukee who's the two or miami who's the one miami i think it's a lot of like they're a good team but i mean they're in a terrible division and when you got to play orlando and atlanta and teams like that like over a quarter of your schedule you're gonna be you're gonna your win total is gonna be inflated a little bit but cleveland's good chicago's good i forgot about them Philly currently sitting at fifth, but only three games out. Only three games separates first and fifth in the Eastern Conference right now. And then you got Milwaukee with twenty nine, and then you got uh, Brooklyn with twenty nine wins.
2: Well, it seems like every season the East is fairly close. Uh, yeah, but first, but up, I dude. mean, compared Brooklyn's to the eighth.
0: West, Brooklyn's an eighth, and they're six games. They're 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 five and a half games behind one from yeah. the eight seed.
2: Well, like I said, I feel like the East is usually fairly closely contended. And then you have the West, which is usually, well, at least for the past couple of seasons up until Clay got hurt, what, two years ago? It was just Golden State and then everybody else kind of just. Golden
0: State and Houston and then.
2: Figured out what was going on. And now it seems like it's starting to open up a little more in the West. It's There's a little more of a question mark on who's I, going to be that team.
0: I look at the Western Conference right now. And I see the Lakers sitting at nine. Now I look at every single team currently in the playoffs and there's some, most of them I really like. I think a lot of the, the West should be the favorite to win the championship, but I don't think any of these teams would really be favored against the Bucks in a seven game series. If the Bucks were the team to come out of the East Suns are very good. Warriors are very good. Grizzlies on a run over the past month and a half. They currently sit third in the West. Jazz have battled COVID and injuries a lot over the past month. they fell, they fell to fourth. They're 11 games behind Phoenix for the one spot. Mavericks, just a team not really seemingly reaching their potential. But if they got hot, you could definitely see them making a run. The Nuggets, another team injury. They still haven't gotten who is that Jamal Murray back, uh, who may be back later in the season. The Timberwolves are the only team here. Timberwolves and the Clippers really only teams I'm like, they I don't think they can win. But they, again, a lot of talent. It's just depth is a concern for me. Um, they need basically to win a series. At, they need Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and Cat to be on every single game, and that's just not. That's just never how series work for some reason. You can never have all three guys at once, unless you were the Warriors those couple of years. But yeah, I, the West is, the West is very good. But I don't think any of those teams beat the Bucks. The West as a whole way better than the East. When it comes to one team versus the Bucks, give me Giannis and his ability to take over in any situation. Another trade in the NBA, this involves a Western Conference team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Portland Trailblazers. And the Trailblazers are in a very interesting spot. They have made their commitment to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard said today he made his commitment to Portland, said he's very invested on in building a team there. They trade C.J. McCollum to New Orleans. Uh, for Josh Hart and some other pieces. Let me find the full trade, but it kind of marks the end of an era. Cause that backcourt of CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard. I mean, they were three, there was a three point barrage when they were on, but you know, since injuries have plagued CJ McCollum a little bit in the past, you know, year and a half, same with Dame. It, it just hasn't been the same full trade uh, Pelicans trade, Josh Hart, T- uh, Tomas, Sedaransky, Nikhil, Alexander Walker, and DD Luzada um new orleans is also sending a protected first round pick and two second round picks to portland and the pels acquire cj mccollum larry nance jr and tony snell uh pelicans 10th place just behind the lakers there but i think two games behind they're in a weird spot i mean they haven't had zion williamson all year brandon ingram definitely hasn't played up to the potential they wanted him to For a team that, especially over the last, let's say, 18 months, was supposed to take these huge strides forward, they haven't been able to do that. I, When your cornerstone player in Zion Williamson has concerns surrounding his weight, has injury problems, he just can't get on the court, that's going to hinder a team. It's going to set them back a couple years. And for a team that, when they drafted Zion Williamson and traded for Brandon Ingram, seemed to be turning the corner a couple years back, they're kind of just where they are. They're just running in place. And I understand bringing in a star like CJ McCollum, giving you that outside threat, but where they are and the personnel they have, I don't think it really matters. Best case scenario, they win a couple games, maybe we'll up to six or seven, and you got to match up with the Warriors or the Grizzlies in the first round, or maybe Utah. Give me those teams over whatever new Orleans is doing. Just a, a weird trade. Like, Again, another team you wouldn't expect to buy, but going after C.J. McCollum.
2: It seems to be the theme of this trade deadline so far.
0: Yeah, like fringe teams thinking. It's like these fringe teams see something towards the top, like, hey, if we got the right matchup, we could go on a run like the Hawks did last year, like the Trailblazers did a couple of years ago, just knock off knock off a few of the top teams. It almost never happens that way in basketball. There might be one every couple years, but it almost never happens that way. Very top heavy when it comes to the NBA.
2: Well, and to be fair, I mean, just the way the NBA builds teams is so different compared to really any other sport. Just the amount of super teams you can have in the NBA. And we've seen uh, created now. And the idea of this, I'm going to just load my team with these guys who are just going to shit all over you because they can shoot all night and they will never miss. And that's what all these teams are going for now. And you get less teams that can really compete with that when you have three or four teams with all the shooters and then everybody else is just kind of, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think basically since, kd left the warriors you've seen teams break away from the super team model it's been a lot more evenly distributed when it comes to stars around the nba and that could, that's a good thing for the league you know it gives you that parody but it can also be a bad thing for these fringe teams i think if we just go get one or two pieces we can make a run when really you're further away from that i mean the pelicans did everything they thought to build a super team like you had Brandon Ingram coming into his own. You draft Zion Williamson. It just never came to fruition, and it just it sucks for him. I don't see a way out of it until Zion can get back on the court. And Zion dealing with that foot issue, who knows how good he's going to be coming back? It's a tough situation, like New Orleans basketball. I mean, they've been you know given these great stars over the, over their history, like. When they were the Hornets, you had Chris Paul there and everything. Couldn't build a team around him. Now you got – you had your three-headed monster of a young Zion, a young Lonzo Ball, and a young Brandon Ingram, hoping they would all grow together and develop to a championship contender. Didn't happen. Lonzo's out. Ingram, not really where they wanted him to be. Zion not playing. It's just – is trading for C.J. McCollum the right thing to do at this time?
2: It, well, it, so we – haven't gotten an update on the Zion foot thing, right? I think last it was, there was a setback. Right. But we aren't obviously in inside the front office of the Pelicans. We don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson and his recovery. So for all we know, you know, he could be a lot further along than everybody thinks. And maybe they're hoping that when he comes back with this trade, they just made. Him down low. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but uh, you said he was an outside shooter, right?
0: Who CJ McCollum? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So you have the threat outside, you have Zion down low when he comes back. They're hoping he'll be healthy, uh, and maybe they can make a late push.
0: I mean, it just seems like they're going star hunting to you know, keep your young guy happy. I mean, Zion, I mean, the rumors were swirling, what, two months ago that he could play for the Knicks when his contract expires. He could just leave New Orleans at the first shot he gets. I mean, you just, it seems like they're just trying to keep him happy. You're trying to keep a player happy who granted was a highly touted player coming out of college, highly touted player going into college. He had all those superstar videos on YouTube when he was in high school, middle school, everything like that. He hasn't proven anything on the court yet at the NBA level. You're banking a lot still on potential when you're going to need to see something at some point. Right now, he's rehabbing away from the team. Not even with team doctors. Rehabbing away from the team.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a tough look. As Zion Williamson, if I were him, I would be doing the same thing. I would be getting as far away from the Pelicans organization as possible. I would not be going to the Knicks, however. I don't know why that in Zion's mind... would ever be a good place to end well, up? I
0: mean, he loves New York. I mean, and again, with the way the NBA works, you could change the dy- dynamic of a team in an offseason. But it's going to be hard to get veteran players, veteran star players to sign on to the Knicks if you're building around Zion Williamson. Let's say that comes to fruition down the road. If you're building around Zion Williamson, who A hasn't played an extended period of time, B hasn't proven anything at the N- NBA level yet, and C, you don't, you just don't know. It's banking so much on potential if you're a veteran player. Do you want to go with the potential and hopefully win a championship there, or maybe have a better option? It could come down to: it. Are there better options out there that that year in free agency? He's an interesting, interesting case, Zion Williamson. And this is not—I mean, you're making moves now where if Zion voices his displeasure publicly and wants out, you're making moves. I mean, CJ McCollum just sent your franchise back. It, it it's. It's very high risk for the Pelicans. Very high risk.
2: Yeah, but they have a lot to lose at the moment. If they lose Zion, now they have to enter another rebuild, and they have to admit that they fucked up. So, as the Pelicans, you're going to do everything you possibly can now to try and avoid admitting that you fucked up.
0: Yeah, but the sooner, if you come to the decision to a rebuild, if you come to that decision sooner and you can maybe move Zion for something, that's a better step one toward a full rebuild.
2: Oh, absolutely. But it's, a, it's, the, a,
0: it's admitting a major fuck-up.
2: That's the problem. The Pelicans front office, if they admit that fuck-up, heads are going to have to roll. Fans are going to be Oh, definitely. Pissed. Definitely. So you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of the front office be reshaped and then that's just another piece on top of everything else that's gonna make it even more difficult. So right now they're gonna do everything they possibly can to try and fix what they've messed up. If they can't, which they most likely won't be able to, uh, they're probably just going to then fire the GM and the, the front office staff and then just try again.
0: All right, let's move. Let's talk a little Super Bowl.
2: Uh, Zach,
0: I want you to pull up the current lines for the Super Bowl, over, under, and everything like that. Yep. Um, and this, I mean, this is going to this is gonna start our Super Bowl coverage. Uh, big game is Sunday, of course, Los Angeles, California. This Super Bowl could potentially be the hottest on record. It was 86 degrees today in Los Angeles. The hottest Super Bowl on record is 84. took place in Los Angeles in 1973. Could play a part. You know, they have that open-air stadium there in Los Angeles, so it's not uh, a full dome or anything like that. I didn't
1: that. know. I thought it was a full dome.
0: Mm-mm, open air. Remember, they had the weather delay earlier in the year.
1: Oh, they did, yes. For lightning. Should be. It'd be crazy to see Brady win with the Bucks in Tampa last year and then the Rams win in L.A. this year.
0: After no team was able to do it for 54 years, I
1: mean, yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. So I
0: believe the line still currently sits at four and a half.
1: It does yes, and uh, it depends on what
2: sportsbook you're using because FanDuel has. It usually air. use
1: we usually use DraftKings. So I'm depending
0: wrong. on where you're getting it, it's four or four and a half.
1: Yeah, which that's all relative
0: which is wild because that's what it opened at last Sunday.
1: Yeah. And usually, the course
0: program. over an NFL week, you see lines change.
1: Yep. But so it might only be like a or point
0: two. two. This one has not at By all. Yeah, that's it. So it's four and a half. It's been 48 and a half as the over under for forever.
1: Yeah, it hasn't really moved from there. Since
0: the over under came out, I believe it was on mon- last Monday.
2: Yep. Yeah, everything well, else. If everything you think about out. it, if you think about it with the Super Bowl, that. I feel like is the game where you would see the least amount of line movement just because you've had an entire season to watch both of these teams. You know what they're both going to offer barring some kind of injury or uh, unforeseen circumstance within the team. You have an idea of how both of these teams are going to perform. You have an idea of what you think they're going to be able to do against each other. And with the playoffs, I feel like you get a really good look at, those two teams you can look back at the three or yeah three games they've played so far and really get an idea of what they both have to offer and I feel like Vegas is just really confident in what they've seen and what they came out with.
0: I also think it's willing it it's makes sense to point out there's two injuries to the starting tight ends coming into this game. Tyler Higby for the Los Angeles Rams, CJ Ozama for the Cincinnati Bengals and what you know Vegas has seen the either A expecting them both to play or like sure they're going to play or be it's not going to matter at all cj ozama has been a very capable target for joe burrow he's been kind of a safety blanket of sorts especially over the past six weeks and tyler higby eats up catches on that rams offense i'm guessing they expect it won't hinder their offenses at all if they don't play or if they do play it it'll be the same they're both dealing with MCL sprains. Both are questionable. CJ Ozama has came out publicly and said he is not missing the biggest game of his life. The Rams have been a little bit more mum on Tyler Higbee. They still really don't know. Haven't had a full report on him. But it's it's th- that's two big injuries. Granted, it's not Jamar Chase level. It's not Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Odell, enough, Cup level. but so, it's still pretty big players.
1: Especially when you have a guy like Jamar Chase and Odell where you're going to be double teaming them. So you want to have someone else that could uh, at least like give you an option. Can leak open. Yeah. Who it's not, been proven
0: why you can't cover these guys with linebackers. No. You cannot cover the modern day tight end with a linebacker. You definitely can't do it with Tyler Higbee or CJ Ozom. It's it's a fascinating game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it, even I don't mean. think
0: there's any shot in hell the Bengals win.
1: No? Really?
0: There's only one reason why they would and he wears number 9.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Like yeah, it I makes no it. dude. If they all signs point to them spending almost every single draft pick on offensive linemen come April, yeah. And if they hit on two of them, uh, they're all they need. They're dominant. They're yeah. going to be the best team in football. Yeah. If Definitely. Joe Burrow has protection, nothing's going to stop him. Yeah. It's just this game. Joe Burrow is not going to have protection. You look at they've been winning games, but they, you know, the nine sacks against Tennessee and everything like that, and. Tennessee's secondary was a little suspect. The Rams' secondary, in you know Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle, players like that, players that have seen some shit, and then you're banking on your offensive line to because you can't you can't stop Aaron Donald and Von Miller, but you can slow them down a little bit. You're gonna really need to slow them down. If you want any shot at winning this game,
2: if Joe Burrow, cause Joe Burrow is going to take punishment.
1: He's, gonna be scrambling.
2: he's going to be to, Oh, absolutely. But Joe has taken punishment all season this year. Not the like this. couple of games he played last year. Sure, not like this. This is not, not like, like this, this and this not against
0: a... a secondary like this.
2: Yeah.
1: Because makes... He's on the run. Just... He
0: makes a one bad pass is coming the other way. Yep. Those are ball hawks on there's the Rams. No, there's, <clears throat> there's no room for error. None. The only thing that could bail them out is if you know, for the, the Rams job. offense didn't play great last week or two weeks ago against San Fran, they would need another one of those. If, if you're going to play at that level, you need the Rams offense to do nothing, to be stagnant. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Bengals have a good defense, improved mightily over the last year, but I don't... It, it, as of how I see it, Eli Apple is going to be covering Odell Beckham, and he does not have an answer for what he's going to do to him. Yeah. Odell Beckham is back to the form he was when he was playing in New York. Eli Apple has not changed. I know what Odell hey. Beckham is going to do to Eli Apple. I have bet every single over-prop bet on Odell Beckham. He's going to make him look bad. I guarantee you that. And if let's say by some miracle you're able to cover Cooper Cup. It's going to take at least two guys to do it, maybe three.
1: And then you're going to have you're
0: allowing single coverage on Odell Beckham. Yeah, Eli Apple versus him. You're not going to do that.
1: No. And then it's going to be tough because you're going to have to pick and choose when you want to double team who, either Cup or Beckham. And it's a because if Apple's getting burned, you're going to have to
0: shift some coverage.
1: Yep. And then you're just going to let Cup get 120 yards and two touchdowns. He's (laughs) going
0: to. I mean, even a double coverage, Cup's going to get his targets. Oh, absolutely. He's he's, he's otherworldly when it comes to his route running ability. He'll he'll find space. Yeah. But he, if he if he's not targeted, he's not it's listen, he he's fine with just playing the decoy.
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the great things I feel like about Cooper Cup. He has absolutely zero ego when it comes to playing the wide receiver role. He doesn't care if he's getting the ball, not getting the ball. As long as the team's winning, he doesn't give a shit. So if he's pulling away defenders and opening up Odell. He's all for it. And I I he's crazy. I feel like more wide receivers need that mentality.
0: Out of Eastern Washington, a third round pick to you know doing stuff we haven't seen since Jerry Rice. It's crazy. He just fell short of the single season receiving record granted 17 games, but he just fell short of it. Unbelievable. But that's a little tease. We have more Super Bowl coverage coming up Friday.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the that's the best day of the year.
0: The episode, we go through all the prop bets. We go through every single little thing. So be sure to tune in on Friday because it's a fun one. Uh, we reveal our picks for the Super Bowl, of course. Pick for MVP, touchdown scores, all that. So be sure to tune in Friday. We're going to wrap up this episode. Um, Basically gone through all the news of the day, which is good. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the End of the trade deadline because the trade deadline for the NBA is tomorrow. we are touching on that a little bit on Friday, but that's gonna be mostly dedicated to Super Bowl. So every episode of the Too Many Men Sports Podcast available, here. get your podcasts, new episodes twice a week. Be sure to tune in Friday. We will help you gamble on the Super Bowl. We'll help you bet it. Um, and you know, we have actually a pretty good history of Super Bowl the last couple of years, so you might want to ride with us a little bit. So we will see you Friday for an episode of Too Many Men.